Good morning and welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program of the African Sisters Media Network. And we are really excited to have in the studio this morning um, three activists, scholars, um, to talk about uh, what's happening in uh, the place known as Ethiopia. And uh, more recently, uh, you probably have heard of a lot of unrest there because of the killing of um, one of its uh, activists, cultural activists, um, uh, political activists, and uh, we're going to play a little bit of his music. But before that, I'm going to uh, introduce one of our guests, um, Dr. Uh, Tisho uh, Tefera, who is the chair emeritus of uh, Northern California Romo Community, and he's currently working as the Romo Community Youth Liaison um, to talk about um, sort of what's happening right now and about the protest a little bit later on today in San Francisco. Um, Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Wanda. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy to have you all joining us because a lot of us don't know what's going on in Ethiopia. It's a place that um, is looked upon with respect and, and reverence by a lot of African people in the diaspora. However, not many of us really know the history of that particular uh, country and I hadn't even known that the name was a new name, and uh, and the Aromo people specifically, who are the largest ethnic group there, and yeah, and and you know this this wonderful artist whom I I don't think I ever saw live, and I know he studied at Stanford University. That's where he got his undergraduate degree before going on to Columbia, I believe. So anyway, tell us about sort of this moment we're in right now, and 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 what what's happening there. That's the country where the African Union is. It was founded. <laughs> the, yes, it's a pleasure to be here, Wanda. Um, uh, just as a clarification, the, the the gentleman that you just mentioned is is not the one that went to Stanford and then Columbia. It's the uh, it's another per, uh, a political opponent that's in jail right now. I don't know if that's oh. what you say, but I just want to clarify just in case just in case that's what you say. No, that's um, what I said. Yeah. Okay. I I was reading so much trying to like be a little yes. bit conversant this morning. So I was like, ah, sorry about that. Well, <laughs> but thanks no, for correcting right. me. A, no problem, Wanda. It's a it's a it's a long history. Maybe we can't cover everything in, in, in today. My name is Tisho Teferas Wanda just say. Uh my training, I'm on the other side of the social sciences, I'm on a different aisle. By training I'm a cardiovascular tissue engineer. Uh my work is really uh, focused on uh, how to understand, how to mend a uh, broken heart. Uh, but my work in the Oromo community has been, uh, I've served in many, many, many roles. And uh, as, as Wanda just mentioned, I'm a, a, a chair emeritus serving from 2015, 2018, and uh, various organization levels, local and national Oromo communities. And uh, uh, I don't know if you want me to introduce the rest of our guests right now before we get into our topics. Uh, uh, yeah, that'd be super. Mm-hmm. Yes, please do. Okay, we we have my colleague and my good friend, Pastor Tamasga Mangesha. He's a pastor at Grace Lutheran Church in Cerrito, uh, Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Berkeley, and Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Afanoromo in Hayward. Uh, as you can see, he wears a lot of hats. And we also mm-hmm. have a, a good sister, Najat Hamza, uh, who is from Minnesota. She is a, a mover and shaker of this this generation 
and she's a human rights activist, and she's been uh, doing a lot of good work in advocating for people and being voice for the voiceless. Uh, and it's a pleasure to be here and sharing this story with you, Wanda. Oh, super! Thank you so much. Well, um, since <clears throat> since you started off, why don't why don't you um, maybe give us a little background and tell us about um, you know what's happening now, and you know give us your opening statements, and then we'll move on to uh, Najat. So the Oromo history within Ethiopian context has been one of uh, marginalization, oppression, harassment, and uh, not a very good history. But I don't want to go into the history back back. I want to start from 2014 when the government at that time, a very repressive regime, uh, was trying to extend the capital city at Disaba into the neighboring Oromo areas, and the youth uh, was galvanized by Hachal uh, Mundesa, this artist that uh, was assassinated a few days ago on June 29th. Uh, his songs and his words uh, helped topple the government, and for the first time in the history of Ethiopia, there was a, a sort of peaceful transition uh, of power. I wouldn't call it peaceful because... Uh, a lot of peaceful protesters uh, died in thousands, and over 30,000 people are detained. Uh, however, that movement in, that started in 2014 uh, was started by Oromo youth and galvanized by this singer that brought us here today uh, to this call. And in 2018, this transition happened, and the transition was promising to start. However, uh, things went uh, south a year after the the new administration came to power. And in short, that I'll leave it at that. And I want to, uh, I know you and your listeners are uh, interested in, um, in the political and social ramifications of uh, his art on the society and, and specifically the movement he supported. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, prepared to talk about those things in, in that manner, how this artist had a, an impact on our society. Uh, so Najat and Pastor probably will shed light on on uh, the history a little more. I hope okay. that helps to get started. Oh, yeah, that's great. Thank you. Najat? Um, so um, going off of what uh, Tisha said, um, Hajalu, um, the artist that just got assassinated, uh, lent a voice for our generation to kind of put it into words what it is that we couldn't contemplate and, and, and put into words. And uh, the reason why um, we are having this reaction right now is because this kind of assassination is nothing new in the Oromo community um, because we have a history like a history of targeted artists who had a specific voice uh, to give to the people, and he just happened to be the latest victim. Uh, We can go back to last year. We had lost one uh, such artist called Galan Nadai, and then prior to that, the generation prior to that lost another one that was very effective in putting people, you know, in the state of, resistance and kind of, you know, being proud of who they are and their cultural heritage. His name was Ebisa Dunya, and to this day we celebrate him and his art and what he has contributed. 
So I just wanted to shed light on uh, the history of you know the history of the Ethiopian Empire in targeting Oromo artists who had a specific way to communicate to our people, to galvanize the people, and to be the voice of a generation. And so this is not an isolated incident. So that's why you are seeing this outrage right now. It just so happens that this is happening in our lifetime. But I wanted to let you listeners know that this is an isolated incident. So um, this is what's happening right now. That's why we are, you know, angry and frustrated and um, because we understand the value of what he brought to the table when it comes to, um, you know, putting our people's plight forward. Hmm. And and what hmm. what is what is your people's plight? Tell us a little bit about that. So, um, in the context of the Ethiopian Empire, you hear that the Oromo people of Ethiopia is the largest, but at the same time, our culture, our language, um, our rights to our land, and everything Oromo basically was not allowed to flourish, grow, or be represented in the way that we wanted. And so what our Oromo people are fighting for right now is not domination or is not trying to get a upper hand on any group, uh, ethnos, you know, ethno, uh, ethnic groups and other people in Ethiopia, but just the right to exist, to exercise our cultural heritage, our language, and to be left alone. And basically that, you know, will sum up to one word, which is liberation, to just be who you are on your own land without being targeted in one way or the other. Uh, can I add to that, Wanda? Of course. Just to put it in context for your listeners, Ethiopia is a make, a made up of uh, many nations and nationalities. It's a country made up of many nations and nationalities, and Oromo being one of them and the largest, about uh, 40 to 50 million out of the 110 million population of Ethiopia are Oromos. And uh, our plight, to add to what Naja said, put in everything she said right there without taking that away. I want to add uh, the various um, marginalizations, political, social, economical marginalizations that Romans have been subjected under for many years. Uh, that has to be, uh, that is one of some of the things on the list. And also, uh, not only marginalization, but uh, uh, harassment tortures, detentions, mass, mass incarcerations, um, killings has been a norm uh, within the Oromo community. Uh, and uh, b- before I pass it on to somebody else, I just want to uh, put in the context also for you listeners who Achalu is. Achalu Hundesa, the, the, the reason why I'm here today is this artist. He's a songwriter. He's a singer. He's a poet. He's an activist. He's a social justice warrior. He's a father. He's a husband. And for Oromos, he's an artist like no other. Um, and when he was in high school, this boy was put in prison for five years. And when we went to the prison, he, he, he talked about how he didn't know how to write songs. Uh, he came out of prison uh, being a, this lyrical genius that we know him to be now with beautiful melodies uh, that will move even a, a stone sticks that don't have life. So I just wanted to add that to it uh, before we continue to just inform your uh, audiences about who our channel is. Right, yeah. 
Um, before we um, pass it on to um, Pastor um, Ngesha, who has been patiently waiting, I, I think I read, because like I said, all this information is kind of run together, but did I read that he um, um, he he worked um, on his father's farm, maybe, um, and um, and wasn't singing at all um, prior to being um, imprisoned? Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, um, uh, go ahead, Pastor. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'll come up. No, no. You go ahead, Pastor. No, you go ahead. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, um, thank you, Wanda, again uh, for for shedding out of shedding light on the on the plight of the Oromos and the current um, very critical situation in Ethiopia. And um, uh, to just give an update for our viewers, um, Washington Post just yesterday reported that. Uh, 239 people died. Uh, 3,500 uh, people were jailed um, just following the death of this uh, iconic uh, Oromo singer and human rights activist. Uh, my friend have you know, explained him. He's a more than life um, who came um, from the lineage of scholars. And um, his songs uh, were a soundtrack for a revolution that um, brought... Um, the most oppressive regime uh, of Ethiopia that um, that put uh, Oromos to jail and languished them for a long time, uh, for almost 27. And um, that they came, the current uh, president came, on the shoulders of um, those freedom uh, fighters uh, whom uh, Hachalu galvanized. Um, on the street in a most peaceful way. So, um, as, as uh, both my colleagues have said, uh, for for your listeners, uh, what I would like to say is Ethiopia is, is um, a a complex country uh, with uh, internationally known and recognized uh, with their contribution and looked up on. Uh, um, by Africans and, and, and uh, uh, African descent around the world, but the internal the internal um, uh, the political structure of Ethiopia has been that of uh, oppressive and um, exploitive in in many ways. Uh, for example, the uh, Oromo and uh, other nation and nationality. This is a country with more than. Um, 85 different uh, ethnic groups, each with their own distinctive culture and history. Uh, but uh, because a certain group have dominated the economic structure, the political structure, and the military structure of the country for a long period of time, and imposed uh, the culture and exploited uh, economically and uh, isolated others uh, politically. So Oromo is one um, among many who are fighting to, uh, to resume their rightful place in, in the state structure, uh, be it um, uh, politically uh, equal and uh, democratically elect their own representatives, uh, economically, um, equitable eco economic distribution of wealth, uh, Oromia and the land in which Oromo, Oromos live 
are a land that is very fertile and produce and provide much of um, much of the country's uh, e- economic revenue. Coffee, for example, coffee is uh, originated in Oromia, in a region called Kava. That now, you know, the community that um, that is all over the world today, uh, that is uh, originated in, in in the land of um, Oromos. And uh, Oromos are also the indigenous uh, tribe uh, with their with their uh, uh, unexplained and untapped uh, culture and history. Their their political system, for example, that dates back to you know the beginning. The Gada system. This is a democratic system uh, that put uh, leaders in, in a political sphere in a democratic elected way each and um, every eight years and um, in, in four years election. Uh, this is way before Greece. And uh, I am I'm, I'm, I'm a clergy. Uh, I am a student of religious. And uh, if you look at it, the the religious of Oromos, um, it's called Wak Efata, which means a worshiper. And their concept of God uh, is, is fascinating. Uh, their God, we, the, the Oromos, my ancestor called uh, Waka, or uh, God, Waka uh, Guracha, which means a black God. God in Oromos, um, a religious concept is black, and and um, and 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 this god, this deity, is invisible, creator, uh, loving, sharing, and uh, brings all uh, together. So, in all as- aspects, be it in religious, social, political, and cultural, their history for years were marginalized um, uh, from the mainstream, both within Ethiopia and the uh, global world, global hmm. oh, Wow, that's so fascinating. A black god, huh? That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and to add to that, Wanda, is the, the context you raised about uh, Hachalu being raised on his dad's farm. It's not uncommon for a, a Roma boy or uh, to be on a on a farm working with, alongside with his dad, as most mm-hmm. of the population is uh, uh, dependent on agriculture, and most of them are farmers. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. And and back to you, Pastor. I wanted you to. Um, uh, I don't know if that was you know your opening uh, statement, but if you had more you wanted to add about your work here, um, because yes. you're really busy. You're in El Cerrito. You're in Berkeley, yes. and you're in Hayward. Yes. That's a lot of churches. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I, <laughs> you know, um, my colleagues around here say um, he does a job that nobody gets jealous about. So <laughs> so nobody gets jealous about my work around here. Um, I came here um, to, to the Bay Area in the United States um, 10 years ago. Uh, August 21st would be my 10-year anniversary. I came as a student, uh, went to uh, San Francisco Theological Seminary in uh, in Marin County, San Salmo, and uh, cross-registered with um, 
GTU here at Berkeley, a Graduate Theological Union, and uh, mm-hmm. I got exposure and start, uh, you know, find find my way around, um, you know, cross register with the UC Berkeley, and come across an amazing um, uh, teachers, the likes of uh, my late professor, uh, Professor James Noel, uh, an iconic uh, preacher. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I know he, him. Yeah. He, yeah, he is like, um, honestly, a father figure to me. I still remember um, the first day, you know, uh, I have never get out from my, my home country. This is my first time to land in the United States, and uh, I, I was a room, small room, disoriented. And then this tall, you know, black guy came knock at my door. Said Pamas uh, guy, and uh, I opened and I said, "Hey, uh, introduce himself." And he told me the story, what happened to him uh, 14 years ago uh, at UC Berkeley when he moved from New York, Queen New York, um, to Berkeley. How an Ethiopian guy helped him, and he said, "You know, I am not only your professor; I am your brother." If you need anything, I will be here to walk alongside you. Wanda, I would not be here where I am today if it were not for James Noel. And, um, and, uh, and then the rest is history. I've got to know um, Jeff F. Smith, uh, my great father, under whom I learned about uh, uh, Martin Luther King and um, the spirituality of Howard Thurman, and oh, uh, yeah. so many, so many people in the, in, in the Bay Area. So yes, um, I'm a pastor here. I'm also um, I call myself an apologetic advocate for the Oromo people, for my people, to bring their plight to the world. And um, Bay Area become my home now. I live with with my wife and two amazing daughters. And, um, and 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 the two personal for me. Najat mentioned about Ebisa, one of another iconic singer who was killed almost 15 years ago. Uh, he was my my roommate, my classmate uh, back in oh. high school. I played soccer with him, and uh, mm. when I saw Ebisa's uh, picture with. Uh, with a alley, both side by side, it hits home uh, for me. Uh, and uh, they want to silence an almost voice. Uh, this guy, Ajalu, uh, sang about the displacement of Oromos, uh, the land grabbing, uh, the desecration of, of Oromos' sacred site, and the political right. Of the Oromos people and others, and as I said, his his music serves as a, a soundtrack for a revolution, for equality, and they want to silence him. Uh, it is an unfortunate, a 34-year-old um, husband, uh, a father, um, you know, more than life figure, has taken away too soon and cruelly. Um, that is very sad and. The Bay Area community and the international community should stand 
uh, with us, uh, and I thank you really um, for shedding a light for for what is going on in the other side of the Atlantic on our people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And um, today there's a, um, a Romo Bay Area protest, uh, peaceful protest in the name of everyone who's been murdered, imprisoned, and tortured at the hands of the Ethiopian regime uh, at the San Francisco Federal Building, um, 97th Street in San Francisco at 10 o'clock in the morning, which, ah, it's going to be, like, very soon. An hour and a half. Yeah, an hour and a half. (laughs) So, I don't know, hopefully you all are talking to me from your cars or something. Um, I am on the side so, uh, of the, the highway in, in my car parked. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what's going to happen um, at the protest? And um, and then I wanted you to talk more about, you know, the whole idea of art, you know, as as a, a tool for um, uh, for revolution and and this this wonderful artist's uh, lyrical content. And he sings in. His indigenous language, and so uh, you know, other people might not know what he's saying, but the folks that he's speaking to definitely do. And uh, so, I want you to talk a little bit about the protests and more about um, uh, the artist Achalu, um, as well as your uh, your current prime minister, who is uh, Oromo. Would that be me? Um. um uh, it could be uh, uh, Najat. You can take as much of it as you like. Um, yeah. And others. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I was going to say I shouldn't be in my car because our protest is later on today. Uh, so that would be the Bay Area folks. Um, I wanted to kind of take the conversation to usually when um, people say Ethiopia, there is a certain um, ideology that gets involved, you know, involved, which is it's a land that's never been colonized. Um, I know um, the pastor and teacher also touched base in that. That is the dominant narrative. I wanted to shed light on that, saying like the reason why that is a dominant narrative is because of the silencing of the rest of us. So it's not because we couldn't shout out or tell our story. It's because that was systemically silenced. So then you only get this one narrative coming out of Ethiopia and completely ignoring the internal, um, you know, struggles of the people of that country. And, of course, it's not unique to us. Um, There are other nations and nationalities like the Sidama, for example, that just got their uh, region finally, um, you know, one of the federal states now, the number 10 in Ethiopia. So um, if you look at the cultural uh, history of that, if you Google Ethiopia, there is a certain culture that pops up. That homogeny itself is an example, and it it can serve as an indictment of how the rest of us are silent. And um, folks will usually point out saying that, you know, we're crying victim, and, you know, everybody has, you know, same opportunity, and we can do this and that. But the systemic structure of that country is flawed, and it's built on uh, the silence of people like us, specifically the Oromo. And um, so this is what this generation is pushing uh, to, to, to break apart and kind of to, to be visible, to tell our own stories, to restore what was taken from us, uh, not only in, in lands, but like cultural heritages and languages and a bunch of 
um, other um, values that we hold dear. And the fact that in 2020, you know, you can get killed as an Oromo for singing uh, and growing the art and, and speaking to your people is, is, is an example of exactly how that happens. And I just wanted um, your listeners and others who are listening uh, to know, so it is not an imagined victimhood, but rather it's our lived experience. Um, I can talk about histories of my family, me. Uh, the reason why I grew up in Minnesota is not because I loved Minnesota. It's because that's where we ended up after we fled our home country in 1998. So each and every Oromo you meet will have a story to tell. But the saddest part is our stories are overshadowed by this romanticization of Ethiopia being the icon of never being colonized, you know, black land. And in that narrative, somewhere in that narrative and uh, the attractiveness of that idea to the rest of the world, our history is forgotten or if not, you know, is erased. So that, that, that's, that is what we're talking about when we say we're here. And to come back to this moment in history, um, you can see the social media campaigns and those of us who speak up for our people even now, the remnant of that, that system attempts to take our narrative in a direction that we don't want or that is not, you know, the core message of what we're trying to say. You can see those forces at work, even as we speak currently. So you, once you get the background story of who our people are, why we are where we are right now, and what we're really pushing for, um, you don't have to go back hundreds of years, you know, back backwards in history to see. You can see what is happening right now live and, and, and how an Oromo who is unapologetically Oromo is targeted simply because you are proud of who you are and your heritage and what you aspire to be as a nation. And so um, th- this is what I want to kind of point out is that it's not an imagined uh, victimhood of, of sorts. It's, an, it's a thing that's happening actively as we speak, even in this space where we are right now. Um, and then the next point I want to raise is when usually people are taking from you, people have the right to kind of grieve the loss. And what ended up happening to our community, both uh, back in Oromia, Ethiopia, and across the diaspora, is that we're on the offensive to protect our truth from propaganda trolls, from taking that into a different direction, that is not the truth. Um, even in that, in, in the grief, we're not allowed to grieve. And the way our hero is sent out is also another disregard and disrespect to the Oromo people. He didn't get the, you know, the send-off that he deserved, and that was like adding salt to our wounds already. So there's layers and layers of things to kind of unwind and look through, but if you really are in tune with the foundation of the Ethiopian empire and where they almost fit in that, it's clear to see. Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for giving us this opportunity to kind of, you know, say, say our stories out loud and, and let the world know. Oh, oh, you're quite welcome. I'm really happy, you know, to know uh, the story um, because, like I said, initially this particular uh, story about um, 
you know, what is known as Ethiopia is a story that I wasn't aware of. And, and actually, I've, I've traveled, you know, to Ethiopia. I was there um, a few years ago. And, um, yeah, didn't didn't hear any of this. Um, this was not a part of the, the narrative of the tours that I was taking on. And that's that by design. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, um, I just want to – sorry, um, so go ahead. Uh, I just I want to add to on the – on the idea um, well articulated by Najat, uh, where she said adding assault on the wound. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just want to speak to that uh, from um, a care caregiver point of view, from a clergy point of view, and um, the the tragedy that uh, displayed in in Ethiopia and um, um, throughout the world um, among the Oromo diaspora. Uh, is uh, not only of uh, a loss of an iconic uh, singer, uh, things rather things that uh, happen uh, following his his death. Uh, we are Roma, more than forty million people were not given a proper opportunity even to grieve our loss. Just days after his his death, when we were on the stage of denial and shock, the government swiftly arrested all Oromo political opposition. That is adding assault on the wound of the Oromos. The prime minister appeared in a military gear to even threaten the country. The commander-in-chief supposed to be a comforter-in-chief during the nation, nation uh, morning. But he had, as Najat said, very well, uh, assault on our wind. He postponed election indefinitely. Now, a military is deployed in the land of Oromo. Over uh, in, in the government's record, this is a government that has a deficiency of credibility. 5,000 people are arrested. All this happened uh, while we are mourning. And um, we become a victim and also um, a criminal for our loss and grief. And uh, it's very painful. I just want to share the light on that uh, from a caregiver point of view. Yeah, I want to mm. further solidify that, Wanda, if that's okay. No, please, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so the death of Hachalu, the death of Hachalu is, is not just the death of one person. Uh, I, I'll try to shed a light on, on what it means uh, and why the protests that we're taking, uh, undertaking right now. Why the protests? Um, let me just paint a picture for your viewers. June 29th, Monday night, 9.30 p.m., Hachal was assass- assassinated. Now, we say assassinated because of the events that we are now discovering leading up to that, his death, and the event that transpired after his death. Now, after his death on June 29, 9.30 p.m., June 30, the next day, the next day, 
protest erupted in in the in the uh, capital city of Ethiopia, which is Adjikawa, we call it Simpini. What did the government do? One, they did not leave their protesters protest in peace, and they didn't want them to mourn. So they start shooting live ammunition and killing protesters, peaceful protesters. The next day, over 80 people were reported dead by the security forces of the government. That's not it. They run it up, just like Pastor Colbert just said. All opposition leaders and arrested them. All opposition leaders, especially the normal opposition leaders. Uh, uh, to show, we can't hear you real well. You're, you're sounding really far away. Can you hear me now? Yes, a little better. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to repeat. The next day, position leaders, or all position leaders, and they raided an independent Romeo media, the voice of all Romos, the eyes of all Romos. They raided their office, arrested all employees, and shut the media. Now, where are these progressive people? Where are these opposition leaders found that? This is a story that will shock you. But it won't shock us because we're too familiar with it. Ethiopia transformed an infamous prison called Makalawi where thousands of Romans and others were subjected to gruesome torture and human rights abuse into a gallery, into a museum, in 2018, when this current administration came to power. They transformed this torture chamber into a gallery, a museum. They call it Serbia because of the unbearable cold inside the hallways and the, and the book-like uh, cell. And never again, they say, human beings should be treated in that manner. Cornell plus injuries to the genitals, all kinds of abuse. Even the first president, Maaza Shinnafi, came out on one occasion and said, This prison turned museum captured how people used, used to suffer in box like cells. Four feet by three feet, where as many as ten inmates were put into language and suffer. Let that sink in. Four feet eleven inches by three feet and three inches cell. Ten inmates were languishing and they were put there to suffer. And they closed that, changed it to a gallery. Guess what? That place they say is not fit for human is open back up. And it's reported oh. that the opposition that were arrested the next day after Hajj's day are in that place right now. Mm. Now, Hachadu died, and the people of Oromia could not peacefully assemble, and the freedom of expression, they're denied. But here, us in America, where we have a voice, we decided to be the voice for those people that are voiceless. So those muffled voices, the same thing that Hachadu is trying to do. Hachadu was voice for millions of people, his art. Galvanized a lot of aromas, gave voice to a lot of aromas. Now, the United States, all of our, the diaspora, we're hosting a global rally today, not just in the Bay Area, 
Glover Rally, every state in America where Aromos resides, Canada, and all other places, Europe, Australia. Everybody is trying to hold this rally because we want to be a voice to those that cannot voice their voices. Now, what's the response of the government? trying to introduce this information to delegitimize our movement. I'm sure you and maybe some of your readers have seen uh, an article by the Associated Press reporting on how the Oromo nationals are inflicting violence against other nations and nationalities. Now, that article has a quote only from the government. Mm. And the government that has, as Nadat beautifully put it, has lost its legitimacy. Why? Because there's clearly reported in the Amnesty International 2020 report on Ethiopia, clear violation of human rights has been detailed in that report. Your readers can go and find that online. If they just type in Google Amnesty International, Ethiopia report 2020, they'll find it. The Ethiopian Defense Force regional police and special forces, local administrative officials, allied militia and armed youth vigilante groups are all over Oromia region carrying out series of human rights violations, extrajudicial killings, executions, arbitrary arrests and detention, tortures, forced eviction. Ethiopia is home of 3 million internally displaced population. Let that sink in. Now, we're trying to be a voice for those people that are voiceless, and the government is trying its best to delegitimize our movement while its track record is probably the poorest in the world. Mildly put. I'll, I'll pass it to my colleagues. Even though there's no end to this conversation. Wow. Yeah, thank you so much for putting that in, in context and also letting us know about the misinformation that's coming out around that because is the Internet still um, inaccessible? Is it still shut off by the government? The Internet um, was shut off the next day. The next day. And it hasn't come back on? You're not surprised. Oh, Najat was saying something? Yeah, I was going to say um, it's yeah, all part ahead, of the – it's all part of the disinformation um, because when you uh, put a, an entire country into an internet blockade, you're not doing that for transparency reasons. Um, so as soon as this event took place, they went to work right away the very next day. And now, um, on top of the not being allowed to mourn and all the other things that have transpired, we now sit in this state of worry for our family members that are mm-hmm. there and we can't communicate with our people and we don't know exactly what's going on on the ground. If uh, mm-hmm. the international news media is reporting up to, you know, 200 something people dead, you know that what is going on on the ground is far worse. And I think it's part of the entire scheme of things to, to put the whole country in the dark because what that does is it breeds misinformation, propaganda, mistrust, in, in the people in the diaspora, and it allows the government to run whatever narrative fits their 
you know, their, their view, basically. And that's what you see here and there. And so as far as I know, there's a report that came out yesterday talking about some maybe partial lift, but that has nothing to do with the entire population. And so this whole thing is, is just, it, it shows you the extent to which this government will go to silence our voices. As, as I said, like, it isn't only in back home, it is even here. They are targeting uh, people like myself and others who have a platform who, you know, speak um, or amplify the voices of our people uh, by, you know, shutting, attempting to shut down our, um, you know, social media or different spaces where we're supposed to be freely communicating these truths to anybody who cares. So this, um, it gives you this idea that this thing is not something that happened on Monday. It is too coordinated and too well thought of to, to, to just be happening like, no, spontaneously uh, after the assassination of Hajjaz. Um, yes, maybe I don't have the uh, actual evidence, but if you look at the sequence of events that has transpired all the way to the point where uh, we have this new, new news coming out um, you know, this morning, it, it gives you that because they wanted to control that, um, the narrative coming out of Ethiopia. We have no way to like, verify information and to, to see the people's truth. Uh, so what you have is a, a, a propaganda piece, you know, as a media down there, which is a state controlled, by the way. And whatever they put out to the public is, you know, that is what the source of information is. And they're doing the same kind of disinformation spreading all the way globally over here. Um, not only putting out things that are inaccurate that we know is not to be true, but also kind of like, you know, counter, um, ca- counter defense of our truth or trying to make it look like we're, we're just sitting here making up the stories while we know the truth. Uh, going back, as I said, it's a pattern. It's not an isolated incident. This is what has happened. This is the reason why we are scattered all over the globe, because we left our home for, the very, you know, for, for this very reason and similar, um, you know, things that have happened to us as people. So with that said, um, I sometimes have a hard time looking at international media that take that narrative and make it be a story without realizing what exactly is missing from that, which is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob, yeah, a point I want to add on, on this and what I hope um, your listener would get out of this is um, to see Ethiopia, uh, this romanticized Ethiopia where a voice within inside were silenced for a year. Um, no displacement, a killing, and uh, political exploitation, economic exploitation, and political uh, isolation. And also, uh, they, I hope again the listener would see an Ethiopia, again, a rosy Ethiopia, where you hear uh, the Prime Minister win a Nobel Peace Prize, whereas mm-hmm. you do not hear three million internally displaced people in Ethiopia, the highest in the world. That voice is silenced. That reality was um, 
tribe will be shared uh, by a rosy picture that um, the government that com- control the media and shut down um, internet and shut down um, uh, independent media put to jail bloggers and journalists and activists, political, um, political prisoners. That is a pattern. It's not isolated incident, as my friends have repeatedly said. So what is the question of Oromo right now? Uh, not going back in history, but right now, what do we demand? Uh, I, I just would like to focus on that one, um, if I can. Mm-hmm. One, um, we're looking for a thorough and independent investigation to the killing of Haj Ali and all extra judiciary killing that has happened, including high um, high figure people died in Ethiopia, uh, to 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 and to the thousands uh, of people who were killed, according to the recent report by Amnesty International. We would like to have a thorough and independent investigation. We would like to see all people brought to justice, a justice to be served. We demand as an Oromo both outside and inside an immediate release of all political prisoners, bloggers, journalists, activists who are right now as we speak are languishing in notorious uh, my Kalawi prison. I, it, it, it stop sh- shutting down media, independent media, and lift up uh, the internet blockade. That is what we demand. And we also uh, believe the prime minister has lost its legitimacy. And we demand the immediate resignation of the prime minister and the beginning of a national. Reconciliation. If that happens, we can have a 2020 uh, election, which uh, which he, the Nobel the laureate, postponed election indefinite, indefinitely. So uh, this is what we are demanding. We are not demanding anything but the things I have said about. And uh, I believe it is a legitimate question, and uh, the international community, United States, and Bay Area residents will stand um, uh, with us and be voice uh, for a voiceless almost uh, here and around the world. Here in the Bay Area, 5,000 residents, 5,000, more than 5,000 Oromos uh, are in pain and grief. I am a pastor. I am a caregiver. Uh, there are people who are not able to go to work uh, because of their grief. There are people physically sick and um, forced to stay home and worried about um, you know each one of us about our safety of our family back home. And um, you know as as Dr. King says, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. We want um, our people in the Bay Area uh, to stand uh, in solidarity with us and join hashtag Oromo protest movement that is currently going on um, throughout the world, both in the social media and also um, in different parts of the world, including here in the Bay Area.
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I um I found the name of the uh the aroma activist that I I was thinking of is um I think you might have mentioned it um uh, Jawar show, but it's uh, Jawar Muhammad. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is where I read it. Um right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um the well, former we're, we're, um, area resident. Yeah, I know. I know. Mhm. Yeah, and it's like, wow, he's here. It's it's, it's so amazing how you know, we think it's over there, right? But it's really right here in our community. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mom and we used to send we used to spend weekends in his dorm room at Stanford talking about our aspirations, our goals, our dreams, our past, our background, mm-hmm. our uh and he you know, he used to articulate his, his desire for that country very well, even back then. Uh how he would like to see uh Ethiopia where everybody's treated fairly. So, uh, uh it's, it's here. It's, it's, it started here in Stanford, in our mm-hmm. backyard. Right, right. And and to show you mentioned um, when you were talking, introducing yourself, you you spoke about how, um, uh, as a scientist, um, you um, you work on how to mend a broken heart, um, like both you know literally and also philosophically. And I was wondering, um, sort of thinking about mending a broken heart, if you could talk a little bit. About um, uh, uh, Hachalu and and his his music and and I know you're going to have to leave because of the protests. Um, maybe uh, tell us about the some of the songs that you sent me as a part of a soundtrack, and we're going to play them in the order. Well, we're going to play probably the one because <laughs> we still <laughs> you know the time you know with with the music which is great, but just, you know, sort of talk about the lyrics because um, if a person doesn't speak the language, then he or she might um, might miss sort of the, you know, sort of the passion and compassion that and, and what he's telling his audience to do and, and sort of reminding them of who they are. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Me and Ajalu are in the same business. Uh, we are both in the Mending Broken Heart business. Of course, mine is uh, through uh, science and uh, how to use generative medicine to find solutions for myocardial infarctions and heart disease in general, since that's the number one killer um, in our world today. And Ajahn is also his music, his poetry, his words, his melody, uh, just does the same thing for the Oromo people. Oromo's uh, faced a widespread econ- economic and political marginalization, and his work galvanized the Oromo youth, wh- whom we call Ero. Uh, this is a very critical word. You're going to come across it a lot. Ero just means Oromo youth, a bachelor uh, or, or a bachelor Ero and Erre for a, a male and female. Uh, or uh, um, during years of protest in 2018, that brought the downfall of the past administration and ushered this current Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed to power is Haj song galvanizing those uh, those youth eros. His single Maranjra was a fan favorite. It means what's my fate? What fate is mine? It released just before the uh, Aditya Master Plan, the, the the expansion of the capital city to surrounding Oromo threatening the livelihood of the Oromos that live around there. And uh, in 2017, again, he released this Jirra, 
means we're here. It's a defiant phrase, it's an outcry that has become a call and response greeting among Oromo youth. Now if you go to any gathering, the call and response will be Jirra, Jirtu, Jirra, Jirtu, Jirra. It's a call and response that is uh, uh, coined by Haj Ali, the great. Uh, he's truly a legend. And it'll be, uh, before our closing statement, it'll be nice if we can hear a little bit of his lyrics. But I just want to add mm-hmm. one thing on, earlier you asked about Abi Ahmed. Abi Ahmed, he is, uh, by his father, he's, uh, there are talks that he might be a Romo on his father's side. And um, the problem is not what he is. And Oromo's question has never been about dominance and Oromo's upper hand over other nations and nationalities within Ethiopia. The Oromo question has always been for equality and justice, not upper hand, like the way they want to uh, put the disinformation out there. And Abi's security force, and Abi taking this action against peaceful protesters is not a new thing. Abi Ahmed is not a new person that came out of the blue. He was part of the old administration that was doing all the killings. In fact, Abi was a security leader in the old administration. So we never held him accountable for the atrocities he committed then with the rest of the people because we wanted to reconcile and move forward. But he also, I'll be very, it'll be very a disservice to my people if I don't mention, for the past year before the assassination of Hachalu, our regions in Oromia, Walaga region, Guji region, Borana region, they were under command post. Emergency state of emergency declared. People are being killed, tortured, houses burned by the numbers, by the droves. So I'll be, be remiss if I don't mention that uh, in the context of this conversation. That's where Abi came from. And Hachadu's uh, song, We Are Here, Jirra, uh, is a defiant cry that the youth have taken up as a call and response. And it would be nice to hear a little bit of his, his song before our short closing statement. Oh yeah, we'll 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 definitely play play it all, even though you might not be able to listen to it all because you all have to get ready for uh, for the protest. So you mentioned um, that this um, protest that's happening in San Francisco is one of a global um, protest, and so I was wondering, um, is it are all the protests happening at 10 a.m. Pacific time, or are they different times in the different places in the world? and in the United States that you mentioned? Uh, they overlap. So okay. They overlap, and some of them are in East Coast right now. When it's 10 here, it's about 1 o'clock there. There are some that are starting at 1 o'clock. Uh, Nagat mm-hmm. said they're starting at 1 on their time, so it's going to be uh, uh, 11 here when they start, I believe. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. 2 p.m. at their time, local mm-hmm. time. So, so they do overlap, and uh, and we also have a media blast starting tonight. At 24 hours, social media and media uh, information nonstop from 7 p.m. tonight Pacific time until mm-hmm. goes 24 hours into Saturday. This is a worldwide event happening on social media, um, and uh, I'll let others say before I say my short two three sentence closing statement. Um, before you um, go, though, I wanted to ask you um, how how do people find out about where the protests are happening in other places? Um, um, the jet, you can you can um, tell people how 
to um, you know where it's happening in uh, Minnesota. Um, I don't know if there's if it's happening in the East Bay or just in San Francisco. And also, I wanted you all to speak to um, you know um, how you are going to um, sort of distance um, you know from other people since this is a, a in person, not car caravan kind of protest here in San Francisco, as far as I understand. So I was wondering if you could talk to that as well. But how do people okay. find out um, about the media blast? Like where is, what website? Um, like how do okay. people find out about all these things? Uh, okay, so we have Oromo communities in every, you know, in every um, community that we exist in. And the Oromo community of Minnesota happens to be uh, representing one of the largest Oromo population outside of Ethiopia. So we're the largest community, but um, even the smallest communities have their own community centers. So we organize and kind of come up with these things, and it's posted on social media. It it, it is we broadcast our population here uh, via our community centers, and um, there's a lot of different types of you know social media personalities um, disseminating the information. So it's very well organized. The only thing I would say to that is that. Um, it's sometimes it doesn't get out to you know the bigger community, but among us we are in tune with what we're doing and uh, when and how and all that. For um, the Minnesota rally, it is going to be happening in downtown Minneapolis, and they have posters up all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, and everything else. And yes, we do take measures, uh, knowing that this is COVID-19. Uh, to social distance and then to also put on masks. Um, I guess one last thing I want to add on that um, is um, it's really hard when you feel like an island surrounded by the sea of people that have no idea what you're going through. And I just wanted to reiterate what the pastor said. Um, I have friends who are, you know, who we grew up with here in, in Minnesota who have no idea what kind of pain and, and, and anger and frustration and trauma that I am experiencing as a person uh, to no fault of their own because they really don't know our story most of the time. And so this is the state of isolation in and of itself because our stories are not widely circulated. And so it's, it's kind of those, uh, one of those like uh, painful things on top of the stuff that you go uh, through as a person, uh, the wider community has little knowledge of exactly what is at play on the ground in Ethiopia and also the ship, you know, the, the shock wave is sent throughout the world, including here in Minnesota. So that, that's what I wanted to add um, to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been to uh, Minneapolis, so I'm not sure if downtown is a clear enough direction to be able to find the protest. So I was wondering, is there a street? Um, yes, like, it's is there um, something a little down, more definitive? Hmm? Yes, yeah, downtown by Government Plaza. So it's um, clearly stated on the poster. So it's Government I, Plaza I, downtown. I haven't seen a poster. Where Where are the posters? Oh, yeah. I, I don't um, know where the all these community media. centers are. If you're talking to someone that is not a Romo um, and not mm-hmm. connected and people who want to support what's happening that are listening right now. It's like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know about this. I want to learn more. I need some specifics on where people can go to find out. I should have sent you the poster for Minnesota also when I sent you for the Bay Area. 
I think Najat will do that as soon as we get off. Or I'll do oh. that. I'll find the post. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. I'll post it. Okay. Super. Yes. And then the 24 Thanks, hours. How do we? How do people plug into that? The 24 hours will be everywhere in every Oromo media. Uh, they're going to be uh, uh, social media posts, but I'll send you that information also so people can plug into that. That would be nice. Thank you very much for doing this for for this voice. Yeah, can can we go to your website, um, aromoadvocacy.org as well, to find out about all of these things? Uh, that does have, and also there are other sites like uh, ola.org, O-L-L-A-A.org. Uh, they have information on a lot of information, including how to support financially. Um, okay. There are also uh, other places that we can find, which I can compile and, and send it to you. I don't have them on top of my okay. head right now. Okay, and then, now, um, the, Pastor, the um, I guess, uh, what about your yeah. website, grace-lutheran.church yes. forward slash hyphen people? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that is right. Also, the North California Oromo community has a, a, a Facebook page. And oh, okay. um, the, the other good resource would be hashtag Oromo protest. Um, hashtag Oromo protest is... Uh, you know, it's a global. It, it brings up all the global events right now going on. Uh, for the larger audience, for oh wait, wait know, a second, uh, wait a second. I'm t- wait a second. Okay. So hashtag aroma what? Protest. 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 Yeah, okay, word. thanks. Yeah, protest. Okay. okay. So right. one word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for someone you know reading, want to read about an aroma and see it in the context of um. Uh, our own experience here uh, as an African American is uh, yes. there is a book written by um, one of uh, our most beloved professor um, uh, at uh, at uh, um, a graduate from Davis here, and currently um, he is a, he is a professor in Chicago. He wrote uh, "Fighting Against the Injustice of the State and Global," uh, comparing African American. And Oromo movement in a, oh. in a very fascinating way. He compares mm-hmm. um, an African American experience in this country, how uh, our history here um, were dismissed, overlooked, and, um, and shiny uh, uh, American exceptionalism become a dominant uh, narrative. Uh, at the same way, how this um, romanticized uh, Ethiopian, you know, uh, narrative is a dominant, where Romos and uh, many others, uh, in their own, um, their rights and their voices were silenced. And he put it in, in just in a fascinating way. Even compare in terms of a number. Uh, African American, you know, over 40 million in this country, where our fight for justice uh, is globally known. Uh, the same 40 million people back in Ethiopia, their history, uh, their fight for justice for a century, uh, not got um, the proper attention and were 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 dismissed. In, in many ways, he compares the fight. And the displacement, um, eradication of history and culture and language, and so uh, fighting against the injustice of the state and globals. 
globalization, comparing African-American and um, the Oromo movement by Asafa Jaleta. I highly uh, recommend um, uh, for, for your uh, listeners um, to read and to get the, you know, to, to, to see it in the context of our own experience here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds and, really uh, fascinating. Can you um, yeah. can you email me or ask- text me the information so I could post it for our listeners? Absolutely, yes. yes. Okay. And I can add also, I'm also yes. organizing duty for the local uh, protests here in San Francisco. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that we said on our uh, demonstrations and protests are, one, we're very peaceful. We're not protesting against other groups. Uh, we're not uh, uh, fostering hate. We're promoting peace. And we also are aware of the current situation with COVID-19. So we're trying to take all measures uh, in safety. Safety of the number one concern. And for those who would like to know more about Oromo material, uh, local information can be found by emailing coreoro at yahoo.com. So I'll email it to you. Coreoro at yahoo.com. This is our board member for our community here in local chapter. And those who are interested in advocacy, request information by emailing info at ola.org. Ola is O-L-L-A-A.org. Info at ola.org. And I'm sure Minnesota also have their uh, their website, but I want to do my closing statement before I give it to anybody. Hachalu is a legend. His legacy will continue in every Oromo heart. He embodied the the struggle of Oromo for equality and justice. Hachalu cannot and will not rest in peace until Oromo's situation changes due to the circumstance of his death. Ashe. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Um, someone else want to give their, their closing remarks? And um, yes, um I was wondering before before you, you go, uh, Najat, um mm-hmm. I was wondering if um Pastor if you could tell me again you mentioned Northern California, Oromo and I was trying to write it down but I couldn't write it fast. Yes, um community Northern California Oromo community. Um this is the largest um Oromo com- it's it's a it's the largest community goes back from uh, Sacramento to here in Bay Area. Uh these are the okay. these are like over uh, 5,000, uh, more than 5,000 people uh, who are in pain, uh, Bay Area residents are in pain and grief. And you never, it might be a next person um, next to you that is mourning right now. Um, that is why we are here. We, we didn't want to be here. Uh, we all have our own careers and, you know, jobs to do and other commitment, but we cannot be silent. And our people are grieving, and um, I appeal in the name of um, humanity to all uh, our residents uh, and, and to call into their representatives um, to, shed, uh, you know, to ask their government. The United States government has uh, a big leverage on the Ethiopian government. Uh, Ethiopia is the biggest recipient of foreign aid. Um, I don't think the hard earned um, U.S. citizens, uh, taxpayers' money should not fund uh, the killing of innocent people. Uh, repressive regime, 
uh, regime that is jailing uh, a, a U.S. citizen, uh, Redwan, uh, a U.S. Re- resident citizen from Seattle, is uh, um, among those who are jailed. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up, Pastor. That's my friend. Mm-hmm. Redwan, because mm-hmm. of that, three of uh, U.S. citizens that are abducted in Tokyo right now. Thanks for bringing that up. Thank yeah. you, Pastor. Yes. <laughs> well, you all are that's a team. My friend. That's my personal friend, yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we uh, that's my friend. That's my close friend. So the pain, mm. we don't know where he's at right now. So even though I did my closing statement, uh, I will be mm. right this later if I didn't mention about Redwan Aman and Yusuf Bashir from Seattle. My dear friend, we collaborated a lot of project, projects before uh, we don't know where he's at. Even his family don't know where he's at. So, hmm. yeah, yes, the pain is real. Wow. Um, I would like to close with yeah. this, um, if it is okay, Wandy. Um, oh. oh. As, as we have oh. said, as we have said time and again, Yoromo people were not even given um, a proper grief. Uh, I would like to speak again to that um, from a caregiver point of view. Uh, I was um, a chaplain at UCSF uh, for a year, and um, uh, I know the process of grief, what it means uh, for the healing, uh, for a personal healing as a loss, and also um, when you go through a national tragedy like this, uh, how significant uh, healing is. And uh, we all understand. And uh, we are forced, the people in um, my, me and my, my colleague, uh, the clergy, are forced now um, to have uh, a global interface uh, memorial service for Hajalu. Uh, because he didn't get um, a proper uh, memorial service. Uh, he was rushed uh, to a burial. And um, and a close friend, uh, a comrade in struggle, were put in jail, and uh, the government, as we've said, added assault on our wound. Uh, our people are hurting, both in diaspora and here in the United States, uh, here in the United States and all around the world, and back home. Uh, I appeal again in the name of humanity uh, for all our listeners. Uh, to stand up, um, to speak out for uh, the Oromo people in Ethiopia in, in, in solidarity with each and every one of us. And uh, I uh, could not have said thank you enough um, for giving us a platform so that we can share the light and pass across our message. And thank you, Wandy. God bless. Oh, you're quite welcome. Yeah. I just want to let you know that we can definitely you know, have you on again, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe next month. You know, we could, we could keep yeah. the conversation going because uh, I'm sure, you know, there are a lot of things we could have spoken about. And also, you know, people would want to know yeah. sort of what the state of things are and how, you know, mm-hmm. how the movement is, you know, progressing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, to that, um, I would say, um, there are some disinformation out there, um, you know, to kind of take down the movement for justice and equality and a recognition of 
you know, our culture and who we are uh, as people and to live on our lands in peace, um, like as pitting, as pitting one ethnic group against the other. And to that, I would say um, Oromia is, you know, our regional state is home to one of the most diverse ethnic groups uh, found in Ethiopia. And we don't have any issues with other ethnicities. In fact, we stand in solidarity with all of them uh, because what we want, the country we want to imagine, the country that we want to come to being is that uh-huh. that respects um, each and every one of those you know, ethnicities and celebrates each and every one of them and gives them the right to exist with pride and just like we want to. So um, even though this has always, like this has been, uh, excuse me, this has been concentrated um, about the Oromo people, but it's not, um, you know, it's, a, it's not a single story, actually. There is a lot of uh, people in there that feel the same way we do, that we, that wants that country to be inclusive, open, and a country that entertains and shows a beautiful color, the array of diversity that we have as a country and showcase each one of those, each and every one of those um, you know, ethnicities and, and, and um, put out a multi-layer narrative that we have and not one dominating hegemony of culture that is downloaded on us, you know, not by our own doing. And so for that um, to happen, uh, the people need to let go of their privileges. And so with that, what I mean by that is it's the same thing as fighting systemic racism here in America. Uh, we, we don't have anything to do with one ethnicity or one personality or if this person is a Romo or that person is not. What we're talking about is a structure that's built from day one in, in you know, dominating in one the story, one narration, one identity, when we have this beautiful multicolored mosaic of people in that country that would make it a better place. It would make it a peaceful place. It would make it a place where things can flourish and, you know, um, an, a, a new era of hope can, can actually come to being. And so the Oromo struggle is not only for Oromo people. It is for all of those who are even lower in number and who have their voices even, you know, more silenced than ours. At least we have the number and we can bargain with that and we can make the noise, but we speak for others too who face the same historic injustices in that country. Um, so I don't want people uh. to come out of, it, of this, uh, you know, understanding it's only the Oromo, it isn't. And so that's all I got to say. And I guess, um, so we're appealing to the common principle of human beings anywhere, really. It's about equality. It's about justice. Who wouldn't want that? Uh, you know, where we can all have equality and access and all these things and not have fear and death and just, you know. Um, for example, like uh, you can change a habit. You can change something about yourself if it wasn't innately you. And who you born to be is chosen by forces that are beyond you. So if you and who you are is a crime, then there's nothing you can do other than fight back. And that's what we're doing. And and thank you so much, Wanda, for having us and giving us this platform to kind of say our piece. Oh, you're you're quite welcome. Really looking forward to, you know, continuing the conversation. I want to thank you, uh, Najat Hamza, 
um, calling us in, calling in from Minnesota, um, and uh, and Pastor um, Mengesa uh, calling from. I'm not certain which. Uh, I don't know if you're in Berkeley or in Hayward. <laughs> I I live in Albany. Um I'm coming from oh, home and uh, be ready okay. to heading yes. Heading um heading heading the bar, uh getting down to um San Francisco Civic Street for um for a protest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And to show, mm-hmm. um thank you so much, um, for joining us and um yeah, it's just really, really wonderful having um all of you on to um you know, sort of give us some context about, you know, what's been what's going on, you know, um in Ethiopia, what's happening with the Roma people and, you know, in, in light of, you know, the uh the assassination of uh Hachalu uh Hundessa and, and so I want I want you to give the call um that you mentioned, um and we'll play the song, but let's do the call first. Jirtu 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 the pastor should have done it, but I wanted to do a uh, louder voice. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, may he rest in peace. Um, Ashe, thank you very much, Wanda. We appreciate you. Thank You're you, welcome. Wanda. Appreciate it. We're looking forward to coming back. Uh, oh, definitely. <laughs>
Ya Allah, my love, I'm 
wanted to ask you, uh, Najat, or uh, to show if you could tell us what that song was about. I can tell you about the first one, and Najat can do the second one. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right. The first, the first one was uh, speaking about the resiliency of the Oromo people, uh, the all the atrocities, all the mistreatments that Oromo people faced over the years, and we're still here. We're here. He's saying we're here. We're surviving. We're thriving. So the resiliency is really amazing. It can be comparable to the uh, our, our, you know, blacks in, in America. The resiliency, uh, despite all the uh, tortures, harassments, detentions, killings, uh, what so forth. So uh, he's saying we're here. We're here. We're not going anywhere, I guess. <laughs> so I'll let Najat explain about the second one. So okay. the second one is particularly of importance at uh, this uh, junction in our history, uh, Abi Ahmad being, um, you know, identified as an Oromo himself. In this song, he highlights how, how um, you know, the house that an enemy within cannot stand, basically. What he's saying is that, yes, the resiliency is there, but um, all of these things were able to happen because of betrayal of our own, um, in some cases, that has allowed this system to flourish to this degree. And so it's almost, you know, prophetic um, at this point because um, he really hones in to this idea that um, the enemy is not really an external one that was able to, you know, build this system on top of the graves of our people and the voices of our people. It's really those who allow you know, the system to eat us out from inside out. So, and then we can, like, draw parallel to the African-American, you know, struggle going back when, or any other struggle, really, is that the betray- when the betrayal comes from the inside, you are really not prepared as to how you're going to combat that. It would have a much greater, you know, damage and impact. So... That's true throughout history in that empire that we call Ethiopia. Um, To come back to 2020, what is happening right now is exactly that, Uh, which is why this whole shallow argument with people who say, what are you people mad about? Abi Ahmed is Oromo himself. What they don't understand is that he might be Oromo as an identity. He might have that, but he is a supporter of this system that is well-oiled machine and, 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 and benefits from the silence and, you know, um, and exploitation of the Oromo people and other nations and nationalities in that country. So that's what that song is about, that he's, of betrayal. He's, he's, holding, he's holding everybody accountable, even after his passing. I just want to add that. <laughs> Right, yeah. And and then the last song that I have uh, that you sent me, um, uh, Tisho, was, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but is it uh, Nakarkarka? Nakarkarika. Yeah. Help me. He's saying help oh. me, Nakarkarika. Oh, help me. He's speaking. Okay. He's still speaking. He's still speaking. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, Najat, do you want to add anything um, to um, an introduction to to this final song that I have for this morning? Um, by um, so, 
Yeah. So um, when yeah, when you look at the body of uh, art he left behind, now mm-hmm. I can't even bring myself to listen to him because it's almost like he knew. He knew how things were going to go down. And he also, not only did he leave us a, a way forward, he also, uh, you know, told us what would happen and how, you know, our unity could be a target and how, you know, the enemy is usually going to come from within and all of these things. It's just mind-boggling how um, gifted he was that he has the foresight to, to, to chart this for us. And even in death as well as in life, that he's able to speak to us in a way that nobody else could have. Uh, or possibly, you know, sometimes people come in and they have this energy about them. He's just, he's anointed to, to speak to that core truth in a way that even re- reverberates right now, uh, even though he's no longer with us. But those words um, are going to take us to where he aspired to be when he was alive. So this Help Me song is, is going to do just that you know he's asking for justice for us and for him individual as an individual but as people and not only that it's a universal message too um i know that we're talking about oromo issue but if you really look at the context of all of his artistic work that he left behind it can be applied to any number of um people in the world that have the same plight that we do so he's speaking a universal language of um, the innate human being that wants freedom and and the right to exist in peace and all these things. So it is not targeted towards us. We just happen to be the people he came from. So that that is what um, he does in this song as well. And I want to I, I want to add to that one. That, that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. His album is titled Why Kenya? Why Kenya? Uh, both oh. of his albums are Hawaii Kenya I means about us And what he's doing is he's telling the Oromo history He's also talking about The current Oromo circumstances And then his future aspirations But in doing so He's speaking the history of many All the Oromos He's speaking our current frustrations current And then future aspirations and dreams He's capturing that in a beautiful way And nobody I haven't met anybody Oromo listen to Achala's music and don't get some kind of uh, internal shift, internal movement. Uh, and even right now when you play that song, uh, you should see my face, that the pride I'm feeling that everybody else gets to listen to this legend. Hachalu, uh, you're not dead, and we promise you we're going to carry your legacy. Hmm. Yeah, I say. Yeah. I say. All right. Well, thank you both so much. Um, and the pastor who is on BART heading towards you, the uh, <laughs> show. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about the uh, the global um, protest and, and the 24-hour um, uh, media, um, social media protest as well, um, you know, how, how it goes. Please, um, please let me know. And also if you could send me some pictures, I would definitely love to post them. And that's for anyone else who's listening. If you have pictures, uh, send them to me at... Um, Wanda at wandaspicks dot com and uh, I can post them. All right, so we're gonna play. Yeah, cool. Yes. So we're gonna play this song. We're looking forward to it. I might even sing it. <laughs> 
malo na karkarika. Mayuna pimbekne wanke sako hojala laken midamuko Malona karkarika Mimalota mayuna pimbekne engisitima gala laketina nirarfama Malo na karkarika Mimalo takarika Malo na karkarika Mimalo takarika Malo na karkarika Show. I didn't hear you singing. <laughs> I was intimidated by the legend. <laughs> I would have the legend was not with us. <laughs> um, do you want to give um, some websites again to our audience, just in case they weren't able to jot things down? I know they can do hashtag um, uh, Oromo, Oromo protest. protest. Yes. Yes. And then the other website is email addresses is for the local Oromo community is Kore Oro at Yahoo.com. K O R O K O K O O R O at Yahoo.com. Okay. And and then you mentioned uh, the website O L O L A O L L A A dot O R G. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of advocacy work has been done, development work has been done through that organization, and they also mm-hmm. have a fundraiser uh, uh, going on in that where you can financially support. Uh, you can also ask for important information by going to info at ola.org, O-L-L-A-A.org. Um, okay. There are also other uh, fundraising effort, efforts that's going on. It's a GoFundMe. I'll send you that information. That's for the okay. family of Hachalu Hundesa. As you know, he mm-hmm. has he survived by his wife and three kids, and one of them a newborn. Um, oh, really? A newborn? And, and, uh, wow. Yes. Huh. Uh, so it's, 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 it's layered. The hurt is layered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. And uh, I'll send you mm-hmm. other information that I can't think of right now. One is the media, the 24-hour media blast that starts tonight. I'll okay. be hosting uh, the three-hour from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. section of it tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and then I'll send you the poster for the Minnesota, which is at 2, if anybody from our tuning from Minnesota, so they can okay. give that information and support and stand with solidarity. And uh, we'll continue this conversation, Wanda. Thank you very much for having us. And we want to come Quite back welcome. and tell you the story because it's not easy to tell that story in that one hour or two hours. Uh, so we want right. to come back again and knock on your door and uh, use your platform and and uh, and uh, contribute to his art has done a lot in political and social 
aspects of Ethiopia, and we want to share that with the, your audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly, mm-hmm. certainly. Thank and then you. I want so, to give your website to oromoadvocacy.org. That's your organization. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, the So, um, yeah, you know, everything that needed to be said, uh, we already covered. So for uh, Oromo uh, community of Minnesota, uh, we -hmm. have um, our own community centers and, you know, they can just Google it and it's there and they can call and find out whatever else they need to know um, about it. This being uh, home to the largest um, Oromo community outside of our homeland. And with that, I just wanted to say to the listeners, it's heavy, it's a lot to unpack, but what I want them to take away from this whole conversation is this one question, shouldn't every human person on earth deserve dignity and equality and and fairness and the right to life? And that's what I want to hammer home. Because even for us, as you speak, you hear yourself and then say, oh my God, this is a lot for people to, to process. But um, if you keep that core there, um, I think the answer is fairly simple. So that's what I wanted to say, and thank you for having us and for allowing uh, us to have this space to tell our stories. Uh, really, thank you, Wanda. And oh, I, I want to say thank you to Najat. I want to say thank you to Najat. She's one of many Oromo women we have that are in the forefront, being voice for the voiceless. Uh, Najat has done an amazing work in our in Oromo community over the years, and she's continued to do that. And we also have many women just like Najat that are doing amazing work to mm-hmm. the work that has to be done on the behalf of the Oromo people. So I want to thank you publicly. Uh, Najat, everything you do, you're doing, you're watching, we're seeing, and we're benefiting from, from you being on the front lines. Thank you, Najat. We appreciate you. Oh, it's for us. Thank you for recognizing that. But it is for us. It's it needs to be done um, so that we can have a better world, you know. I understand, but I wanted to make sure that I publicly thank you, especially on behalf I'll of the accept that. Okay. here in the local chapter. <laughs> thank you, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, we'll have to have um, maybe a conversation with the women. Um, yes. Yeah. So we, maybe that's what we'll do. Uh, do um, maybe that's what we'll do next. We'll make it more yes. funner. There you go. <laughs> I'll bring you <laughs> extra candidates yeah. to unpack this thing for us. Mm-hmm. Women yeah. Cool, yeah. And some of the women who are, you know, using their art for social change and justice, social justice, you know, singers, yep. visual artists, yeah, that we might be able to uh, highlight and maybe even have them join us. Who knows? Oh, yeah, definitely. Perfect. I'll be excited. Yeah, be. Okay, let's mm-hmm. talk further about that. Super. Okay. Well, well, good luck today um, and over the next uh, 48 hours with, um, you know, sort of with lifting oh, up the voice the media of uh, yeah. of this, uh, you know, fallen comrade um, and uh, Hachalu and, um, and, and, you know, sort of putting the issues that are happening and the things that are happening right now, the human rights violations, you know, the atrocities that are happening in Ethiopia presently um, to uh, the Oromo people and others that have a dissenting voice, um, you know, to into the public uh, purview here in the United States. Because we're really far away, but we are definitely connected, and we are definitely concerned. And and people, you know, we know we know more, and we know 
better than we do better. So, yeah, I'm really happy that you had time to, um, you know, right on the brink of of the protest to join us on on the air. You know, the uh, the wonders of technology, right? Yeah, we just got done with George Floyd. I mean, we're not done. We're still doing that when this came up. So. Mhm. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, super. Well, we're going to close with a, a song by Howard Wiley, whom you might know um, to show. Um, he's got a piece that he um, adapted uh, called Amazing Grace, and he did mm. this really wonderful um, album that looked at the uh, the Negro spiritual traditions that are coming out of Angola, uh, one of the largest mm-hmm. uh, prisons in America. And uh, and this particular song, this hymn, Amazing Grace, was uh, was written by a former slave trader, John Newton, um, who um, was on, uh, he was, you know, transporting human beings, and um, and he got, you know, it was a big storm, and 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 he thought he was gonna die, and and but you know the Creator pulled him through, and that was the last shipload of Africans that I believe, if I'm remembering the story correctly, that he ever transported. He was a changed man. And and so this is his uh his song Amazing Grace that um Howard Wiley, uh wonderful saxophonist, um composer, also activist, um uh rearranged. So very we're gonna fitting, close. Very yes. fitting. Mm-hmm, very certainly. Fitting.